everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast reanalyzed the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James, and I said I was ready, and then I hit the record button after you started talking. Oh, did we <laughs> We're good. We're good, yeah, okay. only because I'm on a fast computer now. <laughs> okay, good. It is minute 75, which begins with Kenny kissing Denise back after Mm -hmm. she has kissed him back, because you will recall he kissed her and then there was 19 seconds of awkward, beautiful silence. Mm -hmm. Beautifully awkward silence. I think as a viewer, it was beautifully awkward. For the characters, it was not at all beautiful. It was just awkward. Right. But then then Denise kisses Kenny, and then she kind of pulls back. Yeah. And then he goes in for the makeout. Right. And that's where this minute begins. Right. And I have it going through um, a song lyric. Mm-hmm. Juliet says, hey, it's Romeo. You nearly gave me a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, the first thing I have is Amanda is finally leaving the party. Yes. God, why did it take her so long? <sighs> she got lost, probably. Wait, where am I? Uh, she kept wait. getting waylaid by suitors by suitors that wanted to get waylaid um yeah so someone in the crowd yells i'm the king of beer <laughs> i don't think i noticed that so i looked That's up it's amazing <laughs> uh king of beer which is uh do you know what beer is the king of beer uh budweiser it is so uh, and you know what i had forgotten that we had this conversation the last time <laughs> like like my my like I didn't hear that was genuine. Yeah. I completely forgot oh. we had this conversation. Um, but as you said, do you know what beer is the king of beer? It did come back to me. <laughs> but I think I got it right the last time. Too. You also got it right the last time. Yes. Yeah. Um. So because I'm very smart. It's you're you're incredibly smart about beer advertisements, which is mm-hmm. uh, I will defend you to the death about. Um. So the name Budweiser that. is a German derivative adjective meaning of Budweiser, which you might have guessed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Budweiser is uh, in the Czech Republic. It is now Chesky Budovice. Um, uh, since so it's been brewed in that town uh, since it was founded in 1265. Okay, you might be saying, "Wow, Budweiser is like 750 years old." Well, hold on there, champ. Let me just let me just keep on reading here. In 1876, <laughs> German-born Adolphus Busch and his friend. Carl Conrad developed a, quote, bohemian-style lager in the United States, inspired after a trip to Bohemia, which I have to imagine is like Eastern Europe, which, if you aren't a geography person, that's where the Czech Republic is, uh, Mm -hmm. and produced it in their brewery in St. Louis, Missouri. So they called that beer Budweiser. So it says Anheuser-Busch has been involved in a trademark dispute with the Budweiser Budvar Brewery in Chesky Budajovice, uh, over the trademark rights to the name Budweiser. So they basically, they're both called Budweiser and the one in the Czech Republic is the 750 year old one. And the one in St. Louis is the uh, 150 year old one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the European Union, excluding Republic of Ireland, Sweden, Finland, and Spain, uh, the American beer is marketed as Bud and uh, Budweiser is the Czech beer. Mm-hmm. In some countries, both the Budvar and Anheuser-Busch lagers are both are available under the Budweiser Budweiser name. Um, and then comes the the coolest, like shadiest advertising thing of all time. 
which ties back into our movie. So mm-hmm. the Budweiser from Budajovice, the Czech Republic, has been called the Beer of Kings since the 16th century. Mm-hmm. Then Adolphus Bush adapted his slogan to be the King of Beers, which is amazing. Yeah. I have to imagine that one night Adolphus Bush was sleeping in like 1879. And he's like, man, we're having this dispute with them. He sits up quickly in his bed. He's like, the king of beers. And then that that is the history from then on. Because mm-hmm. uh, Anheuser-Busch owns the trademark to these slogans in the United States. So yep. I guess it owns it. But both, both the beer of kings and the king of beers. Because I said owns oh. the trademark to these slogans. So wildly, Anheuser-Busch was like, we'll also buy yours. Did you did you trademark it in the 1500s? You didn't, suckers. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of love that they flipped it to make their own after this, yeah. you know, centuries of fighting over who has the right to make this beer. It's like the you know in twin you know in the the Magna Carta was signed. Oh yeah, well it's 1985, and I'm gonna make something called the Carta Magna, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be way more popular. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's wild. Um, but so that was just what someone said in passing. I just was, <laughs> I was interested in it. And then I felt if I had just, if it had just been like, it's a beer company, I would have been like, all right, well, that's not worth it. But yeah, uh, it is worth it. I feel. Yes. No, I agree. I'm kind of delighted by it. <laughs> it's wild. Yes. So then Amanda encounters your book girl. Mm hmm. Who wants her to sign her yearbook? Mm-hmm. And I wrote in parentheses, "This is why this character was created." And I, yep, I've actually thought a lot about yearbook girl um, since I took this note. Could I have taken this note in October before Nanorama? I would I have had so, to, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I had I thought about this note and this idea during Nanorama, and as I plan my next year's Nanorama project. The idea of a character being created to appear in to like be paid off in the third act, but so sort of like sewn back through the movie backwards, mm-hmm. so that they're there the whole time, is wild to me. And that's I think that yeah. has to be what happened because Yearbook yeah. Girl is pretty much a prop, like a, a yearbook stand, but it walks and talks. Yeah, and is Melissa Joan Hart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I said, Amanda is cordial with this girl who only wants one thing, wants the one thing and nothing more. And, <laughs> and it's not the one thing that every other person at this party who's talked to her so far has wanted. <laughs> correct. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then she flips past where uh, Yerba Girl is open for her to sign um, to start looking for uh, maybe who Preston is. But then I had a question. Mm-hmm. So she says, actually, I'm trying to get everyone to sign by their own picture. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, this, clearly this is her first yearbook. And then mid-note, I was like, or wait, are people just like signing it? Not leaving messages, just like signing their names next to their picture? Yeah, which I'm wondering, it's got to be if her goal is to get every single graduating senior to sign. Yeah. That makes sense. And then maybe people she's actually friends with write messages elsewhere in the book. Uh, I guess. But that would be a... See, That's if a they just write their name... Thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they if they just write their name, that makes it easy for her to tell who has and has not signed. Right. That's true. So that's got to be that makes what sense. her that's got to be what her logic there is. But yeah, then she just has a yearbook with a bunch of people who wrote their names across their faces. Right. Oh, do you think that they signed their picture? Probably not right okay. next to it. But like, I'm picturing our senior year yearbook. Yeah. And there, like, there wasn't a ton of room. Now we also our yearbooks and stuff didn't include senior quotes right. and where we were going to college and what activities we did. We didn't have all that. It was literally right. just our names. It had what activities we did. Well, but like separate, separate pages. Section, yeah. 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 It wasn't like, you know, James Anderson, here's his senior quote. Tina's the king song. of Monster Island. Tina's the king of Monster Island. Almost yeah. certainly. <laughs> Almost certainly. And he was in drama club and German club and... Forensics. Now, were you, were you not in German club? No. Oh, I assumed that at some point you had been in German club. Just as like a reason to not be in homeroom. No, I preferred being I was in, in homeroom with my friends. Well, I was in French club for a while. Ah. As like a reason to, I guess, have somewhere to go. I don't know why I wouldn't have wanted to be in. Maybe that was just freshman year before you and I were really friends. That, that sounds right. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I definitely did not stay in French club all four years. Right, yeah. But, yeah. So, we yeah, we didn't... There was, like, a page for drama club that had everybody who showed up to have that photo taken. Right. Standing on the risers. And right. then there was a page for the forensics team that had all, like, six of us mm-hmm. standing on the risers. They didn't even zoom in enough to make it not obvious. No, it was just six people standing on the giant risers that would also fit the entire drama department. yeah. That was a fun time to skip class. Or not skip class, but like have an excuse to leave class. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got to I gotta go. I got to go take a picture for forensics. Yeah, I'm one of six. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a group. very exclusive club. It's a, when uh, Bart Simpson joins basically the equivalent of the Boy Scouts. He mm-hmm. does it because um, like he finds out it's kind of like not as cool as he thought it was. But then he's like uh, he gets to he finds out he gets to go to meetings during the middle of school. Oh, and um, he's like, well, <laughs> and it's like, kids, we're uh, we're gonna have a pop quiz, and he's like, oh, sorry, Mr. Grubble, uh, and he's like pulling on his uniform like as he leaves. So like, that's just a very <laughs> important thing. <laughs> that's, that's how funny. it was with the pictures. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. That's how it was with uh, dress rehearsals too. Mm, yeah. When we would show up in costume and makeup mm-hmm. just to say yes, we appeared in class, and then we would be dismissed to go down to the auditorium to continue. The dress rehearsal. Regardless of how big our part was or what was being rehearsed at the time or whatever, it was like, listen, we're dress rehearsaling. Yeah. And Grayley was kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was great. But to be fair, we would have probably been insufferable about just quoting the play that we were in during class. So Yeah, I think our teachers were probably glad to be rid of us. <laughs> fine with it. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda starts flipping through the pages, mm-hmm. and she finds Preston. Man, and she is kicking herself. She's like, wait, what, was the, what did that guy look like that I absolutely just roasted just a couple minutes? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> of all the people. Yeah. Uh, and so, then we get a song. So then, yeah. So uh, Romeo and Juliet by The Dire Straits starts playing. Um, I took a lot of notes, but I'm going to just say this. Um. It was used in Empire Records. The, this song always makes me think of Empire Records. Sure, yep. 
Um, it wasn't on the Empire Records soundtrack, which Should was frustrating. Yep. Um, I have to imagine it's because the guy who wrote it, Mark Knopfler, is, I feel like, sort of notoriously like, no, my music sort of guy. But uh, I don't but he know. let it be used here. That's true. And in Empire oh, Records. But I, guess it's, but I guess it's not on the soundtrack. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. Um, so it was on his 1980 album, Making Movies, which I did purchase because I wanted to have this song, but which turned out to be a pretty good album, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was released as a single in 1981, um, which I probably would have bought as a single. See, the thing about the late 90s was singles were stopping being a thing, mm-hmm. but albums not being as good as the hit single was was still a thing. Yep. So you couldn't really get away from that. Yeah. Like, I feel like if if I had like wanted this song and it was a single i would have been like yeah i'm just gonna buy the single i don't know about this whole dire straits thing yeah so anyway but this is one where it worked out okay for you because it, it ended worked up out being okay. a decent album this this is i mean the best dire straits album is uh brothers in arms which has uh um money for nothing on it but anyways um that's regard that's besides the point i took a lot of notes about the uh where it came from it's only mildly interesting, though. It's about this girl he was dating that basically was like, gave an interview because she was in a band. And she was like, oh, yeah, I used to have a thing with uh, Mark Knopfler. And he was like, we were engaged. Like, <laughs> like were they actually mean? engaged? Uh, uh, very or much in love. Like, in his mind, they were super serious. And she's like, yeah, we hooked up a few times. Let's see. Knopfler has both stated and implied that he believes Vincent, uh, Holly Vincent, who was in Holly and the Italians, which is a bad name of a band, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, was using him to boost her career. The song's line, now you say, now you just say, oh, Romeo, yeah, you know, I used to have a scene with him, refers to an interview with Vincent where she says, what happened was that I had a scene with Mark Knopfler and it got to the point where he couldn't handle it and we split up. His failed romance. Maybe they weren't engaged, but... He was under the impression they that were. they were much more serious than she was under the impression of. Right. And then she gave it. I just think it's wild to be like, I'm giving an interview. Yeah. I, I knew that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, wait, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. <laughs> Where he's like penning an entire song right. about her. <laughs> right. He starts off like a, it's like a wedding singer. Like it starts off very sweet and he hears the interview. He's like, all right, third verse is going to be electric <laughs> and mad. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that song is going to take us into... Wait, 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 wait. I just realized it's Friday, so I have I have excited notes. Oh, you have excited notes. Okay. As the as the, the Mark Knopfler starts singing, he's driving his car, and then the camera pulls away from uh, the car, and we have confirmation that uh, they're in Pennsylvania because Preston's car has a Pennsylvania license plate. That's right. And I just realized that at the beginning of the week, you're like, didn't we confirm that it was Pennsylvania? We did in this, this episode. Week. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it has that little keystone uh, thing in the middle of the of the license plate, which is what I looked yeah. up. Um, so it's for sure Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania license plate. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely Pennsylvania, which is kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. But that is all I have. Okay. Uh, well, let's do some social media and get on out of here. Let's do... All right, so we are on Twitter as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies, but if you'd like to follow us individually, I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, and we are 
so thrilled that they continue to support us in these minute movie endeavors as well as all of our other endeavors. Mm-hmm. Speaking of other endeavors. Oh, yeah. The Scavengers Network has a Patreon, mm-hmm. which we contribute to. Some mm-hmm. might say excessively. Those people will be wrong. They would be wrong. We contribute just the right amount. For $2 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon and you can get access to a bunch of bonus content, including outtakes and other audio things. Mm -hmm. And James and I do recommendations and newsletters. There's, we're not the only ones who do bonus content there despite are other how people appearances. yeah yes despite the fact that we just you know most of the bonus content i am most familiar with is mm-hmm. ours yeah um i know side character quest does a lot does bonus content side character quest does a, a lot um yeah. thanks for the lyrics which is our fallout boy podcast that we do with tracy has a lot of bonus episodes mm-hmm. about um bonus tracks and also music videos yep so if you listen to Thanks for the Lyrics, you probably have already heard us talk about that. Yeah. But yeah. So lots and lots of bonus content on the Patreon. Um, only $2 a month. It is, to me, well worth the amount of content that you get for the amount of money that you put in. So Absolutely. if that's something that sounds interesting to you, go check it out. Yeah. All right. We have made it through the remastered 71 to 75 Ugh. Go us. Go us. I am going to back up my computer when we get <laughs> off of this call. Excellent. Because, yikes, I do not want to lose these episodes again. A second time? A second time. Because time is honeys. And back up those hot dogs. Go hot dogs. <laughs> weird. Weird. So weird. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.